Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. Welcome to episode number 27 with Sean Van Dyke. In this episode, we talk about company culture, how to recruit and train, especially in a market where there's no labor out there, and what to do to build incentives into your company so that people want to be with your company and they stay with your company for a long time. I think you'll really love this episode, number 27 of Builder Funnel Radio with Sean Van Dyke. Hey, Sean. Glad to have you back on the show today. Hey, Spencer. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were on the podcast, I think, several months ago. And believe it or not, you are our top listened to episode. So I figured... (laughs) The people have spoken and we needed to bring you back, you know? <laughs> yeah, either that or I, I confused everybody and they didn't get it. So they had to listen to it again. And then they said, hey, get this guy back on to explain himself. We didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, I left out funny the part. And he talks too fast. Yeah, yeah. I left out the part that the average listens per, per person was 10, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't talk about this, you know, the number of star ratings they gave. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, there's no such thing as bad PR, right? So uh, totally. you're trying yeah. him again. Yeah, exactly. So and last time we talked about, you know, lead generation, lead qualification, more on the sales process side. But I thought this time we'd kind of shift gears a little bit. And you actually spoke at PCBC about this topic. And it's probably you know, for everybody I'm talking to right now, it's their top challenge or it's in their top two or three. And that is labor, the skills gap, that sort of thing. So I thought that would be a pretty good conversation for today. And I kind of wanted to set the stage a little bit. And, you know, is that really the problem? Is the problem that there's a lack of talent out there or is it something else? Well, I think, I think one thing you have to be careful of is to define, you know, define the terms. Is there a lack of talent? No, absolutely not. Is there a lack of awareness um, of what talented people can do in the trades and the opportunities? Absolutely. Is there, uh, is there a lack of just quantities, just number of people pursuing careers in the trades. Yeah, there's a huge, you know, that's, that's really where the, where the gap is. But I think that if you look back at any, any business throughout history, there's, there's um, just as technology has changed the landscape for everybody, um, jobs and careers and things change. And I think that in the construction industry, we're just really in the construction industry, we're just really slow to adapt. And here's why. And I don't, th- and I don't think it's a bad thing, but for example, you know, a contractor, when, when new, when new building science comes about and new products, a builder's got to look at that and say, it claims to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm not putting that on my house until it's been proven for 20 years. And we've seen that with other products, you know, they, they claim to be the best. They, they get a lot of uh, traction. People put them in and then 10 years down the road, they're failing. They have to be. So we're in general, uh, the construction industry is slow in a good way. Um, but that, that 
that bleeds over into our marketing <laughs> and you see it too. It's like, Oh, we have a website oh, yeah. from 20 years ago because yeah. uh, we're slow to adapt some other things. And so I think ha- how it uh, plays to the, the skilled labor gap is that we've just been kind of slow uh, in, in doing what other businesses that are a little bit faster um, in keeping up with changes. So recruiting and training. And I mean, there's, there's not many, there's not many, big successful companies in big successful industry, you know, and I mean, throw the Silicon Valley and the tech companies, those are sexy and fun and all of that kind of stuff. You know, Google has nap lounges or whatever they have, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to recommend you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I don't, do you guys have a massage room there at, at, uh, at builder funnel? Not yet. No, uh, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Okay. See, well, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but, uh, but just, but some of the things where we, in the construction industry, we've, we've always just kind of sat back a little bit and looked over the landscape and tried to pull in, you know, good people with, with skills. The problem is there's just no one with any skills or the people that do have skills, they already have jobs. So we're a little bit behind the times in, in being able to recruit them. We don't know how, or we haven't practiced recruiting, uh, which first of all, I've talked to a lot of clients and, and, and we've had this conversation. They'll say, Sean, I think, I think I need to steal somebody from another company. And for people out there, I don't, I don't mean to offend anybody. I, I'm not trying to be immoral or unethical, but with, with, if you're looking for somebody that you need, you know, 10 years of experience to come in and help you become, you know, a better company, be a project manager, maybe some, an estimator, and you need 10 years of experience, that person already has a job. You're going to okay. have to, and I say recruit, there's nothing wrong with recruiting, but some, yeah, you got to steal somebody, go after them. And, and, and Gallup publishes a poll. You're probably aware of this for that past, I don't know, five, I'll get this number wrong, five or 10 years, but in general, Gallup, the Gallup folks that do all the polling, they, they publish a, um, a survey that says 67% of people, and this is all in all jobs across the United States are disengaged with their, from their jobs. Meaning that's huge. That's huge. And I think that, that again, it's painting with a broad, painting with a broad brush, but it also applies to the construction industry. So in that, with that sense, there are people looking, you need to be recruiting. And that's a long answer to a short question, but I think we've just fallen behind a little bit in staying up to, up to speed with recruiting techniques and, and management techniques that draw people in from outside other industries. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. I mean, right now we've got pretty low unemployment and I mean, construction industry in general is on fire, you know, so everybody's got jobs. And so it seems to me, you know, you've kind of got two paths. One, you just kind of, we're talking about, you can steal or poach or recruit or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. they're coming from another job, like you said, or you've got to bring somebody on and train them from the ground up. Right. So I guess let's talk about the recruiting aspect. I mean, what, what do we need to do as a business to make us more attractive or how do we, you know, develop a recruiting process? Yeah. I guess, how do you, you start thinking about that? Yeah. So this will be something that, that I think will speak to you and your audience that's been following you because they, they hear this message, just like you would, would say you want to advertise to your ideal clients. You want to solve your ideal clients problems. Don't necessarily talk about what you do, right? Talk about the problems that you solve for your client. So if you're a builder or a remodeler, or maybe you work for, you know, you want to work for developers, you talk about 
the problem that they have and how your business can solve that problem. It's the same thing with recruiting employees. A lot of employees, and, and I get into this into the, the PCBC talk, which is online. If you go uh, through to my website or even findhomebuilding.com, they've got the whole hour long thing recorded. Uh, but what we talk about there is, is advertising to your ideal employees, your company. That means your culture, um, you, the path. See, a lot of people will say we're hiring. That's their, that's their job ad. Or they'll say help wanted. <laughs> and going back to that Gallup survey, 67%, two thirds of people are disengaged from their job. When they see help wanted or, uh, or we're hiring, they think, well, hiring is what got me this job that I'm working now that I don't right. like. So they're, they're probably going to make the switch maybe for money or something, something else. But if you advertise what it is that you're offering, in a way of solving their problem. So for example, saying, do you want freedom? Do you want flexibility in your schedule? And, and, and this can, you can take this a lot of, you know, use this technique in a lot of different ways. But for some companies that I work for, we, we went to a four day work week. And so we advertise that as one of the benefits. And uh, here in East Tennessee, uh, during certain times of the year, turkey season and uh, deer season, having a three day weekend every weekend is very attractive. Uh, totally. to, yeah, to, uh, to technicians out in the field or carpenters or, or people. So, and I know it sounds silly, but things like that make a difference. You might not necessarily have to pay somebody more, but when you advertise that they have freedom, uh, of flexibility, a schedule, or again, it, every company is a little bit different, but you want to solve their problem. So, um, and what a lot of people are looking for is freedom, flexibility, obviously money, but you don't have to pay them more. You, you, you may in a market like this where demand is so high, but you may just have to show them the path to more money. Meaning give us, you know, get in, get in on, on the team here and put in six months, a year, two years, and you can be at this next level. The next level is, you know, pays this much and you have this, you know, responsibilities or whatever, show them a path. So you want to advertise solving their problems because a lot of them are working a job making some money and they don't know what's next at their company. If you're the, if you're the company that can advertise to them a little bit of freedom, a little bit of flexibility, a great culture, a team atmosphere, the right kind of work and somewhere where they can go, they're going to go home and talk to their families and say, look at all of this stuff. And they'll say, well, what's the money? Well, the money's about the same or the money is what it is, but look at the potential and you can't just advertise it. I mean, you, you got to, you got to back it up too. So you're organizationally, you have to be designed, um, to be able to, to do those, to do those things. Um, but I think that's what's missing and that's where people, uh, especially construction business owners need to really focus on because the people, the business owners that will thrive in this, you know, in this, uh, market with, with the skills gap are going to be the ones that say, you know what, we can't find it. We got to create it. And once we create it, we might as well train the heck out of them. And, yeah. and you're going to be, you're going to be light years ahead, 10 years down the road when everybody else realizes like, Oh, it's an internal training and recruiting program that makes the difference. And you, you've already done that for the past four or five years and you've got two or three people, or you've got 10 people through your system. You've got case studies where you, you know, someone, and I've seen this before where people are le leaving the legal profession or their accounting profession or whatever. They, they just wanted to get out of the cubicle and they wanted to get out and, you know, in the field, they wanted to do something else. And two years later, they're on their path to project management or something like that. They've learned a skill and they, they're just, they're so happy 
every, every construction company has got to have that millennial that they can point to and say, we took this guy or gal that had no idea what the construction industry can offer them and look after, I mean, you're 24 months away. That's what I would say to companies out there right now. You are 24 months away from changing the way society looks at your business um, and having that case study. But it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. And there's a lot of great stuff in what you just talked about. And so let's try to unpack a little bit sure. of it. And I think some of it really is about culture and you know core values. And some of those lead to some of the things that you were talking about that can be motivators that aren't in the money bucket. You know, and, and when I first started this business, I you know, read a lot of books and heard a lot about, you know, culture. And it kind of was like, well, what is this? It's kind of this soft, you know, pie in the sky thing. Like you got to have a good company culture. Is it ping pong tables? And you, you know, you were talking earlier, massage yeah. chairs or rooms or whatever. And it's like, that's not, that's not culture if that's not who you are. And so for us, we, we start with our core values. So, you know, one of them is always be learning. And so like we read books as a team, we talk about that's those. Great. There's no agenda other than learning. And, you know, I have a lot of people that work for me that are between the ages of, you know, 24 and 30, you know, so definitely in that millennial, you know, category and they love that. And the, the money part is a piece. It's always a piece. You've got to have that. You've got to be competitive, but then it's all the other things that come with that. And so I guess, what are some, you mentioned the four, you know, the four day week, uh, you know, that can be really powerful. And then the, the path, you know, so have you seen some really cool examples in some companies of things that they do or that are unique um, to kind of build a career path and say, Hey, you can come in here. You're going to learn X, Y, and Z. And within X years, you know, this is what it can look like for you. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that I define culture and this is, so this is what, this will be uh, what, what people get when they hire me and bring me into management and executive training. So here's, here's thousands of dollars worth of uh, you know, a full day seminar, right, right here. Um, is just ask your people what they think about working there, because that's the way I define culture, the way that your, what your people think about where they work. That is the culture. It doesn't matter what the owner says the values are. Uh, it doesn't matter what the mission statement is. Now, those things are very important. Don't get me wrong. If when you get all, when you get all of these things aligned, your values, your mission statement with the way that people think, if all of those things are in the line, then you've got a great, you, you've got a great culture, but a lot of, a lot of owners or managers will, will come up with their values. And the problem is, and again, I didn't come up with any of this. I'm sure it was either from entree leadership or Lencioni or all these other really smart guys. I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people, you got to, you also have to identify the values that you have. Are they actual values or aspirational values? Meaning some of these values are what we are doing now. And some of them are what we would like to do. If you don't define aspirational ones, your employees are, are like integrity. That's, that's not, we, you know, we saw, you know, somebody cheat on, or we skimped or cut a corner or what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Integrity is not our core value. Uh, it may be aspirational, right? And so that, that can really damage a culture in the way that people think. Um, but in, in general, back to your question about, well, how, you know, what are some examples of things? I can give you some examples of what, I, what we were doing at um, one of the companies that I was working for and running before I left there to become a coach. And it was, it was simple things like the four day week, but we also started a library, like, like you were talking about That's saying, awesome. we've got these books here and we're going to meet once a month and we're going to, you know, kind of have a book club. And 
we just decided that we would pay people. Like you can clock in and come to the, come to the, you know, book club meeting once a month. Cause we figured, yeah, we, we spend some money on donuts and coffee or chicken biscuits or whatever. And you get four or five guys coming in there, even if they didn't read the book, there's, you know, I mean, it's costing you a few hundred dollars or several hundred dollars every morning for 30, 45 minutes sort of thing. But culturally what that does, it's, you know, it's just invaluable. So, um, yeah, reading and learning. Um, I, I think, um, giving your people, uh, assignments and just being willing to pay for, you know, pay them. But, but again, you, you don't want to make it like a task, another thing to do, but just invite people. If you would like to do this, you can quote unquote clock in. Then this is for, you know, for hour, hourly folks, maybe not, you know, people on salary you may have a little bit different structure. Um, but for a lot of, uh, trades people, I think tool programs, paying for people's, uh, paying for their tools and the general use. That's what we found. If we're going to recruit from outside with somebody with very little experience, they're going to have no tools either. And they're going to have to save or, you know, skimp by to get those tools. And we said, you know what, just forget it. We're going to, we're going to get you the tools from day one or week one. And you can earn, you know, we came up with some different programs. How you just like vacation, vacation, um, time you, you accrue that during the year, but it kind of took that tool thing off of the, off of the table. Um, but, but more than, more than the money stuff is really just the path. And what I will train my, train my clients in, in saying, okay, when you interview somebody, you bring them in, you make it, make them a job offer. They got to know what the job is. And there's always some negotiation there. Sometimes, you know, this is what we're offering as, as far as the pay, they may want a higher pay or whatever. I say, good. If it's within reason, call their bluff. Meaning, you know, we, the job pays 28 bucks an hour. You want $30 an hour. Fine. With $28 an hour, you had 60 days to, to be measured 30 bucks an hour. You got two weeks or three weeks. It's up to you because after that time, you, you know, you got to be making us money. Uh, that's why you're, that's why you're here. But if you make money, then for the company, the company makes money with, you know, and it kind of all ties together. But the other uh, thing that I teach my clients is, is to really put it out there saying, once you're at $30 an hour, when do you think you can get to 35? Because if you're here five years from now and you're still making $30 an hour, that might be a problem for me, you know, as the owner. I, Cause yeah. I want you to learn. And so you kind of turn it back. Like, this is not just a job. This is, this is a path. I want you on a path. Now you need some room for some people to come in, clock in, do their best work and go home. They have no desire to help solve all the company's problems to be in management. And that's okay too, but you need to identify those folks. And yeah. And, and they're great. They're great employees. But if you try to push some, and you've probably seen this, if you try to push somebody cause you, you want them to do more, but they don't want to do more for themselves. You, you kind of damage the relationship there a little bit. You're disappointed in them where if you say, Hey, they're just here to do their best work eight hours a day, nine hours a day and go home. They've got other stuff to do. That's a, you know, that's okay too. Um, but it all gets back to the culture and, and what people think of where they're at in that job. And I don't, I don't want to say you want to control what they think, but you want to, you want to make sure you understand what they think so that everybody's thinking the same, the same thing. And that's where your culture lies is in how everybody's thinking. Yeah. And you make some really good points there. And it made me think of, you know, kind of talking about our, your money discussion versus all these other things that are a part of the culture. And, and if it's always just about the money, 
you're going to lose people too a lot faster because as soon as they can make a little bit more somewhere else, they'll jump ship. Whereas if you've got these other things that frankly, they are intangible and some things you can point to them and say, Hey, you know, look back three years, how much do you think you've learned? You know, but you can't necessarily say you're going to learn, you know, X, uh, you know, in terms of your knowledge is going to go up or you're going to grow, you know, this amount, some of it's on them to do, but I think if you have those other opportunities and people are a part of that, they kind of go, oh yeah, I could jump over here for a little bit more money, but am I going to be as happy and am I going to be growing and learning? And, and suddenly now you're in the reverse cycle of you're losing good people that maybe do have the skills and now you're back to, to square one again. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, if you can teach your employees at any level, I don't care. I don't care what level they're at from executive down to entry level everybody needs to know how the business runs, like how a business runs, how your business runs and how your business makes a dollar. Because when they are, let's say recruited, uh, or they're poached or whatever, uh, and someone offers them more money, if they know the questions to ask about culture, about business, about net profit, about what the path is, you'll find people that say, yeah, I got offered $10,000 more a year to go over there. But once I talk to them and people are going to talk, that's just, that's just what they're going to do. Um, you know, you need to, you need to, if you educate them on how a business runs, they're not only going to make better decisions for your business and make you more money while they're there. But also if, if someone else, uh, approaches them and offers them more, you may train them, uh, to interview the other person or the other company and realize I could go over there for $10,000 more, but it's just, it's insanity over there. There's no management. There's no path. Like it's just more money. So I'm going to stick it out here where I know where I'm going. It's a little bit less money, but it's, you know, it's crazy. I, I enjoy the people I work with. We have company picnics that when emergencies come up, it's like a family here. We're always taken care of. So $10,000 a year more. Sure. That would be nice, but trading the insane, my, ins my sanity for that, I'm going to stick it out here. And cause I know how this company makes money. And then maybe there's, you know, other opportunities here. Um, yeah. So that's what, that's why I say that, Hey, teach them how you make money and they'll realize other companies aren't making money and have ridiculous cultures or no, or no coach culture at all. And you'll actually retain your people that way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of people here that, um, once they got here, they're like, wow, you know, the, my last couple of positions, the culture was awful and you know, this or that, or they, t you know, talk about some of the experiences. And I think it's, it's super powerful, especially if people come from that and then they come and experience what it's like at your company. If you've got these things going on, it can be pretty, pretty powerful. Um, yeah, and it made, it made me think of this book. I, I've just started reading it. It's, I don't know, maybe you've read it, but how to measure your life, uh, Clayton Christensen. And he talks about this kind of same concept for a part of it, which is, you know, motivators and being fulfilled in your job. And so I always try to, I guess, build on that and go, okay, so we've got this culture and you, you made a really good point to ask your people, what, what is our culture? Because as much as you want to pick it, it is what it is and your people are going to know it. And then each time you add a new person, it's going to change it a little bit. And that person will blend in and add their own flavor to it, but that it is what it is. And so, um, going back to that concept of how can I, you know, provide more for my employees or what can I do to make them leave at the end of the day, at the end of the day and go, I'm fulfilled. I felt like I had a good day. I learned something I contributed and those kind of things go a lot further than, than the dollar sign. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, those it's, it's all the, it's all the little things. And for anybody that owns a construction business out there that's listening um, or, or will listen to this just tomorrow or today, go to everybody, everybody, it, it, subcontractors included. Um, and you should walk up to your employees, your subcontractors and your vendors. And at some point, this is going to sound a little weird. People you know, you might get some comments on this one, but put your arm around them or pat them on the back and just say, thank you. I really appreciate your work and I appreciate you being here. And, um, you're not, not patronizing anyone or whatever, just say thank you. So much of the day and years go by and, uh, and we forget just something simple like that. Some people that are working for you and they've had other jobs have never been thanked ever. And it's, it's one of those things we, that happened at a, at a, a place that I was working, me and the owner were standing around talking to a guy that we had just hired. He'd been there for a few weeks and, uh, uh, he was finishing up, cleaning up the shop. And we just said, we just, I, we, it, we weren't even trying to be intentional. I think we were just, that was part of the culture. We enjoyed hanging out with the employees a little bit. Um, and, um, after work, we just said, man, I'm just so glad so glad that you're here. The past two weeks, you've really done well here. We are just so thankful you're here. Anything you need, just, just let us know, but we're really enjoying, you know, and I think we slapped him on the back, whatever. This guy was, he's a big dude, big cabinet maker. Uh, pretty, I, he, this guy, anyway, typical rough guy who's into heavy metal and, you know, but man, what a craftsman. And this guy almost started crying. Cause he said in 16 years, he'd been working construction or in the, in this industry, he said, no one's ever thanked him for doing his job. And I was just like, Oh man, we got to crap. We need to get around to everybody and tell them, thank you. You know? And that was, a, that was huge to me. Cause I was, I just realized, man, it's sometimes you don't have to, you will have to pay people more if you never thank them. If you thank them and show gratitude toward them, that's going to save you a lot of money. Now, you shouldn't do it for that reason. You should do it because it's the right thing to do. And these people are giving you their lives and, you know, and in exchange, you know, but uh, you want to stay and run a lean, efficient company. Just thank your people and love on them a little bit. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Builder Funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you want to learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one -on -one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment, and I'll never pressure you to buy from us, although we're confident you'll improve your marketing and sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And Sean, that, that's awesome. I was getting goosebumps a little bit just because I know how powerful that is. And I feel like as the owner, you know, or you're in a position where you're hiring, you know, get over yourself. Like, yes, you're paying them to do the job, but 
you should thank them and, you know, take those steps, you know, if they're doing some great work for you and it's not just, Oh, well, I'm paying them. They should be doing that anyway, or they should be cleaning up all the way or whatever that is. So that's an awesome, awesome story. And I want to shift gears a little bit, make sure we have time to talk about the training aspects. We've talked a little bit about recruiting and culture, but then I think a lot of people might be hearing this and saying, okay, maybe I can't recruit or, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I need to bring people in kind of at the bottom or entry level, but I still need them to have some skills one year, two years, and there's nobody out there. You know, I guess, how would you counteract that in terms of, Hey, it's worth it to do the training in house and learn how to, to build that program into your, your entire system and your hiring system. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to pay for it either way, whether you get someone with uh, limited experience or no experience at an entry level and have to just put the time, you know, and time is money. You're going to put money into that person and, and getting them up to where you need them to be. So you're going to, you're going to spend the money there, or you're going to have to go out and recruit the person that already has the skill level um, that you, that you need. But when you bring people in, there's some training there because you need to train them the way that you want them to. They're going to have some bad habits or maybe you're going to have some bad habits that they can improve on. And that's going to be painful to realize, uh, but it'll be good for you. It'll be painful for you, but it'll be good in the long run. You realize, <laughs> Oh, I've, you know, I actually hired somebody better than me. They, and now I've got to change. Um, and that's going to cost you a little, little bit of time and money as, as well. So you're going to pay for it either way you get, a low wage worker that you have to put a lot of money into to train and you can train them up and get them where you need them to be in, in, in your culture and the way that you like stuff done, or you get an old dog. And, uh, and I, and I'm saying that like me, like anybody with 10 years experience is going to bring in their own habits and their own way of doing it. It's not necessarily wrong, but you're going to, you're going to have to train them as well, but you're going to pay them more. So I don't know exactly the economics of it, but either way, you're going to spend money, but what choice do you have? you're losing money by not being able to do more projects or better projects without more people. And I, again, I'm trained on growing and scaling before you're ready is not profitable. That's not what I'm saying either. But right now, um, there's a lot of people that are leaving a lot of work and a lot of money on the table just because they're caught in between. Well, I can't hire because this guy has, you know, this guy or gal has no skills. I can't find anybody. And then I can't afford to hire somebody or recruit them with 10 years experience. I mean, I gotta pay them more than I pay myself. And I'm like, that's exactly, if you own a construction company, you should be looking for people that, that you pay more than yourself because they should be better than you. So when you do that, and I've, I've said this before and had a post several months back about it, about where your abilities are that imagine that's a horizontal line. If you hire below that line, you get some help, meaning entry level people, you know, your, your abilities and below people, you hire people and they'll help you. If you hire above the line, meaning people with more skills than you, you get freedom. And with that freedom, you can, you can have time to run a better business. And I mean that, and I'm speaking to a lot of construction business owners was saying, well, I'm, I've been doing construction for 20 years and I haven't met a lot of guys or gals that know more than me technically. And then I'll also talk to them. I said, yeah, but are you doing your own website? Are you, are you doing your social media? Are you doing your own books? 
That's yeah. hiring above <laughs> your, you know, you, because your line for doing your own books is very, very low. <laughs> you got to hire that, you know, you got to hire that. They automatically go to the technical aspect of it. Right, but even right. then, like, could you imagine if you could, you know, come up with a hundred grand? I know it's crazy, but bring somebody in that would just run the business that can run a construction business. And then you can focus on staying in the field and doing the technical training. If you were relieved of running the business, that doesn't mean you don't get to be the owner. That doesn't mean that you can't influence the direction or whatever, but, and I know it's a big, it's a big step, but if guys and gals, business owners will just step back and imagine that for a minute, then that starts to kind of free up some, some mental space and, and you start making a little bit different decisions. And some of that fear about bringing that person on, um, can, can go away. But, um, that's, that's, that's what it's about. You're going to spend some money and what, what better time than now when the demand is so high and there's so much work out there. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, in some ways it may play to your advantage, bringing them in and training them your way rather than you, you know, you mentioned having to retrain some habits. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's harder. I've tried to break habits in my personal life and I know that's a lot of work. You know, you got to grind through that to undo some stuff. And so in some ways you can start clean slate and say, Hey, I'm going to teach you the best way to do this. And when you get five years down the road, like you're going to have grown into this position or that position. And, and yeah, in some ways it, it may pay off, but yeah, in terms of the dollars, you know, I like your comment, which is you're going to pay for it one way or the other. And, and whether you pay a little bit more on one side of that or the other, you know, is, is probably a uh, too detailed to, to math it out. Today. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the other thing, getting back to the culture thing is like, if you're a small company and you, you know, you're, you're working on training your existing people, um, again, about the culture and the way that they think when you bring other people in, you got to remember, you don't have to train them. Your other people will in certain aspects. Why do we do things here? Why do you do it this way? we do it this way because of this. And it's because you as the owner trained your existing employees as to the, the back to the values and the mission and the culture. Um, you need to teach that. See, that's why it's so important to teach the mission, the values and develop that culture so that you don't have to, as the owner of the business, you don't have to train everybody that comes in. You just, you provide the vision for them. You get, you cast that big vision, provide the, the path that they're going to go on and then let your people the ones that they're going to be working with day to day, they'll train, they'll learn by osmosis. And when they ask that question, why do we do this? Your people will be able to tell them because you've trained them. Um, no one has the time to train everybody all the time. That's why I'm saying start training your existing people. Now yeah. when you bring in new people, there's a, there's a portion of it when you, as you're still a small company, but eventually it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's your employees. It's the other people that'll be training everybody new. And I don't care. We, I don't care if you're brought in as the, as a manager or an executive at, at certain companies, I've seen the, the entry level people being able to train the executives and it's, you know, simple stuff like, let me show you how we organize the stock room, right? The executive is in charge of finding inefficiencies and all that kind of stuff. But He's going to go to the guy that organizes and sweeps up and cleans the stock room to learn from him. And so there's an opportunity there for the entry level person to train, but the entry level person's got to know, Hey, this is part of your job. When anybody, you know, when anybody asks you about this realm within your job, it's your responsibility to train them. Um, and it's just, that's gotta be like, I like what you said, learning, continuing learning. Um, it, I think that that should be a, a, that, that would be one of those aspirational values that people hear and they say, Oh, we're continuing learning. Uh, 
unless you're reading books and, and having, you know, having your people report on them and talk about them. Um, but I think that's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. And you know, I actually just had to learn this lesson of what you, what you just went through recently. Um, I had been training everybody that was coming into our company and I recently passed us that off to somebody else who had just kind of taken it on. They're like, Hey, I don't mind chipping in, helping train people. And they actually got, you know, a promotion and they're still doing their, their, same job they were doing, but they're also now our new employee success manager. And so that somebody new comes on board and they run them through the system and guess what? They're doing a much better job than I was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause they're, they're all into it and they're spending more time and the, the skill set is stronger, you know? So, um, I think you make some really good points there, which is, Hey, you can, you know, build the systems, get your process in place. Like everybody needs to know how you do things. You, you got to start there. But then after that, let it go. And yeah, man, that was so freeing on the, the last hire that we made. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And now you, you've got time to spend in the massage room, right. Totally. And the, the <laughs> coffee bar and all the other cool things that builder funnel has to offer its employees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're getting that uh, massage chair in today. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sean, this has been super awesome. I think there's a ton of uh, takeaways from today. I, I'm probably going to have to go back and listen to it and, and, debrief for everybody. But uh, I got one last question for you. But before we close, you know, how can people connect with you, you know, find you online? I don't know if you have some call to action, but you know, what's yeah. the best way to connect? Yeah, they can check out my website, uh, seanvandyke.com. That's S-H-A-W-N, Van Dyke, V-A-N-D-Y-K-E at uh, .com. And I uh, got a couple of free resources there, the paperwork punch list. So go to seanvandyke.com slash the paperwork punch list, 28 days to help you streamline your construction business. And then also you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Sean Van Dyke. And then I also have uh, a book coming out, hopefully fingers crossed. Uh, that'll be in November. That's profit first for contractors. And that, uh, I've got an Instagram account. There's not much there yet. I'm, I'm building a lot of the content for that, but they can follow me over there as it relates to that book at, uh, at profit first contractor. And that's uh, on Instagram. There'll be a website and some other things uh, with that, but that's uh, that's about it. And if they want to, you know, get on the phone and talk to me, then they can check out uh, seanvandyke.com slash apply and uh, fill out a form. And um, if they qualify, then then uh, we could spend some time talking about the business. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I link those up in the show notes so people can get to the Instagram. And then when you release your book, just let me know and I'll make sure to get that out to everybody as well. Um, but as we wrap for today, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice as it pertains to what we've talked about today in terms of solving the skills gap or recruiting or training, you know, what, what would that be? Oh man, I think, I think, I think you, you had brought it up earlier, which is just such a great point. It's really, um, start doing the small things for your existing people. And if you're starting out and you're, you're bringing on new people, just start doing the small things, showing appreciation, showing gratitude, saying, thank you, a $25 gift card here or there. I know it's, it, it, it sounds, uh, it sounds cheesy, but I'm telling you, it's those small things that build a culture and, and build loyalty with your folks. And that's what you're going to need over the long term. If you want to make sure that you don't have a skills gap in your own business is you need to build some loyalty. And the way to do that is just to show appreciation to people that are crazy enough to come and work 
to work for you. Um, so that's why I've always been impressed when, whenever someone agreed and, uh, to take a job with me, I'm like, man, I'm thankful <laughs> you're coming to work for a crazy man. And I really, really appreciate that. So I think it's just the small things and showing appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. And Sean, always a pleasure talking to you and thanks again for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Spencer. Anytime. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Sean Van Dyke. Before you go, let's talk action items. I know you're on the go, so I'm going to break down today's episode into a few things that you can put in place from this week's episode. So I'm going to give you item number one, which is go around and ask your employees what they think the culture of the company is. We talked about that today, and I think that's going to be a super valuable action item for you. I think you'll learn a lot from it. And then item number two is go thank somebody that's been doing a great job that you haven't thanked in a while. And Sean talked a lot about that, just being grateful and just the, the power it can have on somebody. So those are your two action items for today. And before we wrap, I have two more quick things for you. If you got value out of today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It means a lot to us and it helps spread the word. And I've also got a question for you. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to culture? So it could be, you know, a question that you have or something you've tried to implement, but it just doesn't work. Um, go ahead and send me a note at hello at builderfunnel.com. I read every response and I'd really love to hear from you. See you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.